Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Kligman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode 27 of the From Entrepreneur. And today we have a little bit of a different style of a podcast. I have a special guest, uh, Kyle Blank from Push Startups. And I think what's special about this episode is that normally we talk about an entrepreneur and his background and his uh, specific company. But this is uh, uh, more about what I like to interview companies and talk to different people that are helping entrepreneurs succeed, take their ideas and uh, take it to fruition. That's something that's very close to my heart and close to what From Entrepreneur is all about. So Kyle actually works for a very uh, interesting company, a new startup itself, I guess, called Push or Push Startups. And uh, so, you know, we're going to dig into what that's all about. We'll learn a little bit about Kyle and hopefully we're going to be able to help out some entrepreneurs out there. So Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nahum. It's a pleasure to be here today. It is an honor and a pleasure. It's it's fantastic. We've spoken in the past. You have a great story and you know I love what you guys are doing with Push. Why don't you just give us a uh, you know a little bit of an overview of what Push is about and then we'll dig in deeper a little bit later in the show. Sounds great. Thanks. So the Push Startup Center was created about half a year ago with the vision that startups and investment and resources are in a shortage in terms of collaboration. So our objective was to say, when a startup normally goes to a VC to get money to then use on resources and they give them equity, there's something missing there. Startup is spending months, if not years, on raising funds when they could just go for the final end result of resources of building the application or working on the marketing resources. So we've come here into the ecosystem and said, instead of partnering with venture capital firms, partner with us, and we will help grow the company in all the directions you want without the spend the time of trying to raise capital to make the firm continue and grow. Okay, so just just uh, digging uh, one uh, one step deeper on that. And first of all, I just want to let everybody know that you're actually you're in Hartuv outside of Beit Shemesh. That's important to know. And uh, so what's the difference between you and your standard incubator? So it's a great question. So we looked at the ecosystem. We saw the hubs, the accelerators, the incubators, the consulting firms, the investment houses, the development houses. And what we did was we just looked around, learned, and took all the great things from all of them and put them in one place. So when a startup comes to us, they're welcome to workspace, like they would get at a hub. They're welcome to mentorship that they would get at an accelerator. They're welcome to fantastic consultants uh, with the various backgrounds from a consulting firm. We have investment internally in our startups that were with us uh, if they need it. So that's from the investment end. And most importantly, on the incubator end, many times startups get, say, resources of various sorts, but they're limiting. So we have 200 employees in seven different countries around the world, and we're here to grow companies. So if someone needs help building their app and their marketing plan and implementing it, we do all of that with them. We partner with startups on an equity basis to grow their company. So we're not standing from the side. We have our skin in the game to make sure that the company grows. Fantastic. fantastic. And we'll, we're going to dig more into that, but that's a fantastic overview. But uh, before we dig in deeper, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, how you ended up in Israel, because uh, obviously you have no Israeli accent. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'll say this part in English because my Israeli accent in Hebrew is still Americanized. Uh, I grew up in Riverdale, New York, moved to West Orange, New Jersey when I was seven. 
I went to a few of the good Jewish day schools in the greater New York area. And when I graduated Frisch, uh, the Frisch High School in Paramus, New Jersey, back in 2010, I moved to Israel with a clear understanding that I want to serve in the army and live in Israel and grow a family here one day. So it was a well, family move or just you moved? I moved and I told my family that they could join me uh, if they wanted to. In the last uh, six years, one of my brothers has joined me. He's now serving as a lone soldier in Givati. So, uh, you know, very proud of him. And my whole family is very supportive of his decision. And I believe my previous decision to serve as a lone soldier in the paratroopers. So when I got off the plane and came here, I was in Yeshiva, I went to Yeshivat Malay Gilboa, then I served as a volunteer with Magin David Adom, and then I volunteered in the Israeli army as a paratrooper, and then at a point of commander of logistics. And when I finished my service, I had been here for a bunch of years, and I wanted to stay here. You know, my life plan had been to be here. So I started my studies at IDC Herzliya, and I'm wrapping them up this year in my senior year in the entrepreneurial and business management degree. And simultaneously working at the Push Startup Center because I believe that there's truly no better way to learn than real life experience, whether it's project management or whether it's really investing in your own personal resources. That's the only and best way to learn. Fantastic. I'm a big fan of that, of doing is learning. Uh, you know, uh, people that have listened to, our sh- to my show in the past have heard I'm a big proponent of that. So that's fantastic. But how, so First of all, you just you mentioned the IDC Herzliya program. Is that program in English? So IDC Herzliya is the first private school, first private college in Israel, founded about 21, 22, two years ago. And the forum is that they have a Hebrew track and an English track. So IDC does most of its promotional materials in English to remind people about the English program, which has roughly 2,000 students from 80 plus countries, which is really a fantastic experience of learning about, you know, different worlds of culture and life experience in my peers. And at the same time, there are 5,000 Israelis that are learning side by side with me um, in other rooms. So I'm in the English program and there, uh, there's also a Hebrew program. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So you've, you're, you're, so you're still in college, finishing up your senior year. Uh, so let's talk about push startups. How did it all come about? How did the idea come about? Who start? How to get started? Who are the people behind it, etc.? Sounds great. So the I'd say the mastermind behind the Push Startup Center is Zev Hecht. Zev is a serial entrepreneur in a very positive way, like yourself. Some fantastic successes and some smaller successes. And in that, what Zev created over the last 10 years is a consulting firm that provides every single possible marketing resource that a company can need. So we're taking the gigantic infrastructure of this mother company called ZDH Consulting, and we're using all of its resources to help our startups. So we don't partner with companies and then tell them to go find what we suggest to them. We have it all in-house, which keeps the cost very, very low for us and for the startup. And what that allows is if we say, okay, great, we see your Android app, it's great, we're going to build an iOS one, we build it with them. We wireframe it, we build it, we QA it, we put it through a beta, we then test it, and then we launch it full. We do the whole process because that's what we do. We build apps, websites, promotional videos. We have teams that do lead generation, graphic design, English content, anything you can imagine that has to do with the marketing world, ZDH does. And we've transformed all of that into a startup package called the Push Startup Center. 
Beautiful. So you said that, that everything's in-house. You said it, you mentioned you have about 200 employees. Where, where are these employees sitting? So I'd say about half the employees are sitting in Israel. The firm was started 10 years ago, and the objective was to help people who were very driven and wanted good work and also needed some flexibility. So we have a lot of employees that work from home. We have a lot of you know moms that are busy at a lot of crazy hours with their kids, but they're able to work on the off hours, which for us is the on hours. And we're, we try to be very respectful of people's personal circumstance in their life situation. And I say half are here. And then we have employees in... Vietnam and India. And at the same time, we have employees in the US and the UK. So we, you know, it really depends on the skill set. Our focus on employing is having someone who does an amazing job at what they do. And it doesn't matter what their native language is and doesn't matter where they sit or what time zone they're in. It's about can we find amazing people to do what they're doing, which is why we believe we provide truly excellent quality for any project that we work on. So it's it's interesting because you, it, you're not outsourcing, although you do have teams in, uh, you said, Vietnam and in India. But these guys, they're working for ZDH or they're working for push startups, correct? The sa- yes. The same guys who are, you know, say, working in the U.S. or the U.K., which very rarely would I consider anyone calling that outsourcing. But we use that word around, you know, um, around India and the far east. Right. The, <laughs> the truth is that these guys work full time. We have salaries that are we'll say much larger than anyone makes in that region. And the reason is we found amazing talent and we did a very serious screening process. And so we make sure to pay our employees wherever they are in the world, you know, a worthwhile salary so that they that's never going to be an issue. And so we have very faithful and very happy and very, very serious employees all around the world. And so, so let's fill out the executive team. So you have Zev. Yourself uh, and the I say the last pillar of this uh, trio is Noam Lipschitz. Noam grew up in Beit Shemesh with his family and later on served in the paratroopers. And we actually met for a brief time in Yeshivat Mali Gilboa. So we go back uh, about half a decade, if not more. And Noam's experience is in project management. So while Zev's you know, bread and butter as personal essence is around building companies. I'd say Noam's focus is on looking at a project, finding the the pitfalls and fixing them and then taking a project from A to Z. So, you know, everyone has the things and they can all do everything. But as a team as a whole, we really have the the mental power behind it and the wherewithal to take it through that I think is an amazing platform for any startup that's looking to grow their company. So that's great. So you talk about A to Z. Let's dig in a little bit deeper. Basically, you have a guy, I assume they, for push startups, they have to uh, live in Israel? So it's actually an interesting question because we were reached out to by two potential clients, one sitting in Houston, Texas, and one sitting in Turkey. We, <laughs> we recommended to them that if they wanted uh, the experience that was needed, that they should find the appropriate startup forums in their own environment. But if they needed specific resources, such as building an application or website or promotional video, or they wanted a sales team or consulting, we could do all of that, but it would be a little harder from abroad. But we would work it out if that was you know, the, the truly what they wanted and what we saw for the future. In terms of, in general, we generally have an Israeli entrepreneur or startup team Often it's, you know, two, three people, but it could be one person. It really, uh, it's a matter of what 
where they stand and they're anywhere between an idea and a product. And we try very hard. And I'd say this is one of our distinguishing points. Unlike the accelerators, which all feel a need to define themselves as what type of startup you need to be to walk in and what industry you need to be in. And unlike all the venture capital firms that do the same thing, we don't. So any industry, any level of product, any level of team, as long as they themselves are very serious in their field, we are happy to sit down over coffee and lunch and talk about how we can help. So basically, um, let's say, you know, this guy, Joe, he's got an idea for an app, let's say, uh, but he's not a technology guy. He just believes in this idea. He's done some uh, you know, some research online. He sees that you know there's nothing exists with what he wants to do, and uh, he's passionate about it. But he doesn't even know where to begin. He doesn't have the funds. He doesn't know who to hire. He doesn't know anything about development or UX or UI or design or anything like that. So he he comes to you guys and said, hey guys, I, I want to hear more about push. I got this idea. You know, let's let's grab some lunch, and you guys will sit with him and talk to him about his idea and. Where does it go from there? Exactly. So generally, it starts with someone finding this podcast and seeing the website or my phone number and email. And we take it from there, a simple phone call, as you and I did a while ago. And the the process then is an in-person meeting with myself. And then after, uh, I'd say, a light vetting process, we generally bring almost everyone into the, the to meet the whole team. And the reason for that is because we respect the fact that while... I may see great vision in one company. It may not be there, may not be agreed upon as a group and vice versa. I may not see it, but it might be there. So we try to bring everyone in in their own time frame to our office in Hartouf sitting at right outside of Beit Shemesh. We love the area. There's a lot of greenery. So we recommend everyone coming down. And what we do is we sit, we discuss and we try to be as proactive and as helpful as possible. So we give our truest consultation in that meeting. And most startups walk out going, wow, I have a lot to think about, which is great for us because we're happy that we've started a discussion. And we hope that discussion leads to a proposal where we you know, sign a contract together on a equity basis, joining the company to provide all of our resources and our experience, which is focused on growing businesses. Okay, so this guy, Joe, with an app, he comes to you guys, meet him. You like the idea. You say, hey, this is an app. We want to bring you in to, to push. You give him an agreement. What does the agreement look like? What is, you take some equity. You take, uh, and, you know, obviously you got to, he's got the idea and, he'll, you know, maybe he's a good marketer, but, you know, how do you, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Now you actually have to build the app, build the logo, name the, the app, et cetera. So you guys do all that work? Exactly. So we. And it's all for equity, or there's like, how does that, how does that work? Fair. So there's two points to this. First of all, there's the points of a contract, which everyone's curious about. So reaching out to all those viewers who have gone through this before, we build contracts that are pro happy partnership, which means that if you on the day of signing are really happy with all the emotions of signing on a partner and getting resources and popping some champagne and going out for dinner for steaks, and then the next day you're unhappy, it doesn't work with us. Because today and in five years from now, our objective is to be partnered together. And that includes five days from now and five months from now. And that process is in our mind. So the deal is very constructed towards making sure every single point is structured for the startup and works for us. And we're very pro-startup in the contractual agreement, which, again, is something you don't see 
in the venture capital world. So we try to take the best out of what we saw. And some places we had to innovate completely. So we're pro startup in our contracts and pro partnership in our contracts. Outside of that, in terms of the resources, I look at a company and say, listen, you look at the alphabet A to Z, there are 26 letters. You don't need all of them. You have the idea, maybe you have the product, maybe you have the marketing. Let us consult on the ones you already have and let us fill in the gaps that you're missing. So anything that the startup's missing, building the app, the website, the integration, a promo video, a whole marketing plan, you have all that, great. Let's do lead generation and user acquisition and retention. Whatever the pieces are, we're here to grow the company. So again, it doesn't matter if it's an idea or if it's a product that's already selling. We're here to grow the business as is, and that's our focus. The In terms of the investment from the startup, there's an equity deal. And if there is serious investment of resources on the Push Startup Center for development, meaning developing an app, we find a way that the startup can contribute to that cost because on our end, it can cost tens of thousands of dollars. So we work with the startup on having you know, a bridge gap. So if, for example, a development team would charge $50,000 for that application, whatever software was needed, and a venture capital firm would take... 50% because you know it's just an idea. So we'll drop both of those numbers and have something, say 10 and 10 or 12 and 10 or something there that the startup is contributing and bringing us in on a partner. And we're here giving many resources, both financial resources of paying our employees and at the same time, the infrastructure of experience to build out the product. So rather than a guy just trying to do this on his own, uh, and maybe he'll get ripped off from from outsourcing, maybe he won't, maybe, you know, trying to raise a ton of funds here, you're basically getting everything you need set at a heavily discounted rate. Everybody's on the same page in order to uh, make the company success. Right? And I guess I assume that once a product is live, you know, it's not just about bringing it to life, but it's, you know, that's when the real work begins. Okay, now the, now the app is ready, but what about marketing? What about raising funds, hiring employees, you know, getting it out there? So uh, you guys are with them every step of the way? Exactly. So it depends on, you know, first of all, that's our objective. And we're very respectful of what the startup wants. So we have some teams that walk into our office, they listen. We know you have a development house. We know we have development issues, but we want to do it on our own. We generally tell them that's their own decision, but we're really happy to help if we can. But they only want our help with building a promotional video and marketing it to their very targeted market. So we help with what we help with, and that's what the deal says. And there's always a clause that says we can add, you know, appendages to the contract to add more resources and whatever equity or cash that may mean in the future. We'll figure out then when the company is at that point. So we're here for the long run, but we're also here to help the startup in the fields that it wants help with. I think it's really a fantastic model. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I've been through the st- startup process quite a few times. And, uh, you know, here it's like you're walking into a family. You're walking into people that are on the same team as you. You're walking into people that, that can consult, that have also been through the experiences. And it's not just consulting, but it's like you have the in-house team, hundreds of employees, every step of the process. And it's just, uh, I, I, to me, it sounds like the dream opportunity for an entrepreneur where, you know, there's, it seems to me like there's no better way or easier way to take your idea from concept to launch with the most uh, cost efficient way and with the most chances of success. That's a very good highlight. And we should use that for uh, advertisement to say the least. I'm not charging for that, by the way. Yeah. I'll, uh... <laughs> 
Uh, I thank you. But in truth, that that was our objective. First and foremost was providing the environment, both in terms of the tools and the way we looked at the structuring that we could. So we have a whole, you know, market rollout and product rollout that we very much believe in. That we're happy to delve into a discussion, you know, in person over a nice long lunch because it's a nice long discussion with anyone who's interested. And we wanted to make sure we had all the resources out there. So I don't think we're creating the wheel in terms of the resources. The resources exist. You can you can pay someone to build your app. You can go and find investment. You can you know build a website or a promotional video. You can farm it all out, or you can find people with the skills to do it and have them do it in house for equity or cash or whatever it may be. My objective, and Noam and Zeb's objective of the Push Startup Center was to have it all in one place. You have a one-stop shop for every single entrepreneur, for every team. And therefore, no one could say, we don't need you. They could say, we don't want to work with you. That's fine. That's their own respect. That's their own life decision. But for us, we were here to make sure that we had every single resource that anyone was looking for. Fantastic. Fantastic. So just to clarify uh, one point. So are we talking about only about technology startups, meaning apps, websites, and that type of thing? Or someone has a, uh, a physical product idea? Like uh, what, what type of uh, ideas and, and projects are you looking for? Very fair. So like I said, we take any, any startup and any product, whether it's an idea or whether they're selling the product, doesn't matter to us because we're focused on growing businesses. So wherever you stand, there's a place to grow. We, we, there's no company in the world that's really capped at its market cap, and there's a reason for that. That's one. In terms of the industries, we're happy to work with any product. We're very honest when we have experience in the field, which is the well majority of the industries that we've encountered. Now and then, we find uh, find a field that we haven't worked in before. We met a team that was doing you know 2D modeling into 3D printing into 3D graphics for virtual reality, which sounded awesome to us, but we had no experience in the field. So we went and we spent a significant amount of hours to find them a whole mentor team because we felt that if we promised we would be able to help, then we would find a way to help. So there's always that which we can provide. And that's our focus to make sure that we're providing in whatever field it is. I'm saying a guy comes up with a new recipe for uh, peanut butter and he wants to, you know, marketing, he wants you guys to design it to help with the marketing to help with finding manufacturing, all that stuff that you also do or yes. So we're very happy to work outside of software, the startup world, especially in Israel is I wouldn't say saturated, but focused on technology. And in truth, that's great. But it's almost harder to sell and harder to raise funds for because there's so much going on out there. When someone comes to us with a great product, to me, that's the most exciting thing because that's what, you know, that's what's going to be in someone's kitchen or that's what's going to be in someone's living room. In truth, we have our own internal R&D department and I can't go into all the points, but I can say that 20% of what we're working on is physical hardware that will be used in your house. And Nahum, you'll be getting one gift wrap in the next 12 months. Ooh. So we're, we're excited to share that. And once you get it, maybe we can come back here on uh, the Firm Entrepreneur and speak about the product and the process we went through to create it. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Okay, so let me. Uh, so, just one other question in terms of in services, do you take care of uh, legal stuff, accounting, financials, all that stuff? So, great question. We have our own very 
strong team in that field for ZDH Consulting as well, the Push Startup Center. As I mentioned, ZDH has built over 20 subsidiaries in the last 10 years. So there's no lack of legal framework or accounting experience there. At the same time, we have met over the last many years, a few fantastic lawyers, IP experts, accountants, bookkeepers, financial experts, and consultants all of them which have focused their time on the entrepreneur and that environment. So if we feel that one of the people that isn't in-house necessarily, but they've got startup rates, they've got a startup focus, they have a startup mentality, and they themselves are almost a startup, then we'll refer you for a meeting. And we have a very long list of referrals. And the person that the startup clicks with will be the one who they sign the deal with. Beautiful, beautiful. Really fantastic. Okay, we're going to move to what we call our lightning round. Uh, just uh, some, because, uh, you know, I think uh, you really covered a lot. I'm really excited about push startups. You know, when I first heard about you guys, I was excited. Anything that helps entrepreneurs uh, get their ideas from their head on t- into reality, uh, I'm a big supporter of. And, you know, it's really fantastic. And I love what you guys are doing. Uh, but let me, let's ask some uh, quick questions. And then uh, we'll call it a show. What was the worst job you ever had and what did you learn from it? Worst job I ever had. So the worst job I ever had was also, I think at a point, the best job I ever had. I interned at a startup years ago, very, very long time ago, which I'll leave nameless. I think that's fair. And I had a very good experience in a learning curve. And then the only difficulty I'd say, really the worst point was there was no priorities for project management. So a project had a low priority for in two weeks. And then my boss would come in at 11 o'clock and say he needed it the next morning or needed it today. And I'd stay up for 12, 24 hours staring at a screen with a lot of coffee and not even ordering lunch. And for me, that was a very hard experience because I was learning a lot. So I wanted to stay. But at the same time, it was it became very dragged out uh, in terms of the personal commitment when there was no focus on where the company was going. Mm-hmm. So that so that so it was it was bad in terms of you just felt you were lost. I felt that there was no focus on what was truly important. And therefore, it wasn't that I was lost, but the company was at a loss. And therefore, Every day, the project management and the priorities would change. And therefore, it was very difficult on myself and I'd say a lot of other employees. So I took that experience and made sure that I've set very firm priorities, both at the Push Startup Center and the other areas of my life as I've you know grown from that original job. Fantastic. So what is the best advice you've ever received? It's actually something I heard recently, um, very recently. So I'm very happy to share this with all of your followers and I hope some uh, new friends that I'll make across the way. To invest in personal happiness. It was it was rather profound to me because I don't think about investing that way. I've got my portfolio. And I think the majority of us have some type of portfolio sitting somewhere, hopefully diversified if I can make a suggestion there. But in, to invest in personal happiness, whether that includes, you know, waking up and having the chavruta that you Nachum have, or whether that's, you know, buying, you know, I just recently bought a whole stack of, you know, Buster's uh, cider and lemonade. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's a matter of a very spread of happiness factors. But to invest in personal happiness is important and not to do it 50 years from now, but to do it on a daily basis and a weekly basis and a monthly basis is very important for our long term success and our happiness. Beautiful. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. Next question. What book would you recommend to our listeners and why? Can I give two? 
Sure. So on a daily basis, and I don't always succeed on this, but piggybacking off my last answer, I think Perkei Avot is very important one or two piece read every day because one, never gets old, uh, which is enjoyable to say the least. And as well, it really helps you give some insight. So if you read it today and it doesn't give you insight till Friday, that's fine because that means that today you'll get insight from Monday. And I think that has a lot of value on the happiness level and train because that's where the focus is on making sure your life focus is in the right direction. And therefore, you are, you're happy if your life direction is in the right way. That's my opinion. The second book I want to recommend is The Tipping Point. The subline is How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference by Malcolm Gladwell. And yep. Gladwell, let alone the book, is profoundly written. Uh, he, he didn't write something that people didn't feel, but he wrote something that people had a very difficult time expressing. And he quotes his sources, so it's not like he's, you know, he's stealing any information there. He's really a great guy. But the idea, the subline of how little things can make a big difference is one of the aspects we incorporated in push and something I try to incorporate in my life, which is if we can help in a little way, if I can help someone in a little way, it can make a big difference. And that's what we try to do at push. It's what I try to do on my day-to-day basis. And I know Nahum, it's what you try to do. So it's, uh, it's a quote that I try to live by. Fantastic. Great. All right. What is one of your favorite online tools or resources and what do you love about it? So on a personal reason, and then I'll I'll give my uh, marketing uh, startup ecosystem reason, but my personal one is LinkedIn because the fact is, listen, a lot of people, they might have some difficulty and challenges in, you know, learning how to use it. But when you can find anyone, really anyone in the world and find a way to contact them through them or their assistant or their coworker and and have that connection that it never it never could have existed before 20 years ago it couldn't have happened and 2000 years ago it couldn't have happened and that accessibility is something that if you really take time to work on it it allows you to meet people with various resources and experiences all around the world that can either mentor you or you know give you help and on the startup end, I think uh, meetup.com, which is not, I don't think it's anything, you know, proprietary, but it's a very close-knit network that's very interactive. And it bridges the real and the virtual in a very profound way. You go to a meetup, you're then able to speak beforehand and afterwards. You're able to plan rides together before and after, get the video of what was going on or the you know, the presentation, I think the platform itself is a great way to meet people. And I highly recommend it because you meet the people who are interested in the exact same thing you're interested in. And that that has a lot of value. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. And now for our final question, what is one business idea that you're willing to give away to our listeners? If you have one, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I thought about it for a while. And I thought of I thought of two things. Um, one that I'm, I'm going to take from a much wiser person and one that I think I'll take from, from our company. So I'll start with our company and I'll finish on a different note. But the our focus at you know ZDH has really been that you should outsource that which someone else can do much better than you. And I don't say that in a negative way. I say that in the way of better managing your time and your money and all your other resources that if we can help you, you know, grow your team and there were no strings attached, of course you would do it. But suddenly, anytime there's any type of deal involved, whether it's only cash or only equity or there's a partnership, whatever it may be, it makes people nervous. But the fact is that you will grow your company 
company so much faster by bringing in the resources you need than holding back because you want to do everything on your own. And you can't be an expert of everything. So you can know a lot about many different fields, but I think that the best innovators in our world knew a lot and they knew how to surround themselves with people who could also do a lot. So that's that's kind of how we focus at Push. And that's why I hope many people will contact us today so I can get on the phone and explain them what we're doing. And a much greater note, I, uh, I'm going to quote from the Parsha this week and say, partnerships are complicated. And I don't mean that to scare off people who want to call the Push Startup Center, but whether you look at Yaakov and Lavan or anyone else in all of Breshit, partnerships are complicated. But if you structure them in a way where they're meant to last, and that's something that wasn't created there. But if you start from the beginning of both people giving and both people receiving and both people being in it for the long run and structuring that way, and that's what we believe in, then I believe you can have a very flourishing and wonderful environment to grow. And that's what we try to learn from having long lasting, healthy partnerships where we're always helping our partners and they're always happy to give back because of our relationship. Beautiful, beautiful. Kyle, this has been absolutely wonderful. I am so excited for you. I'm so excited for Push and the rest of the boys back in the, the office and the employees around the world. Just, you know, everybody coming together and helping and creating the perfect ecosystem for an entrepreneur. So Coca votes you and to the rest of the team. And I uh, look, you know, this is just the beginning of our relationship. I'm sure we're going to... Nahum, it's been a true pleasure to be on your show today and a loud shout out from Hartuv and our entire team. And to all your listeners, we're more than happy to speak to you. And we're looking forward to hearing from you and how we can join together and grow your companies. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Thank you, Nahum. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliach.